Hey folks, welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group, an award-winning software and app development firm based out of Virginia. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I am happy to be here with Ross Romano, a versatile performance and leadership coach, strategic advisor, and entrepreneur. Ross operates at the crossroads of equity, access, and innovation in education, helping founders, leaders, and individuals overcome challenges and achieve their goals. He's also the co-founder of the B Podcast Network, which hosts over 30 shows covering a wide range of educational topics. Welcome, Ross. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. I'm super excited to learn more here. So without further ado, could you give me a little bit about your background, your history, and how you ended up doing what you do today? Sure. Yeah, it's a long, long story. We don't have time for all of it, but I'll kind of condense it down into a couple of pieces. Uh, and, you know, we'll focus on sort of the coaching piece, which is kind of performance and leadership coaching, right? And then um, the podcast network, which we which you referenced in the intro there. So um, each of these have evolved over many, many years in my career to the point where they are now. Um, on the coaching side, you know, I, I previously had been in consulting um, in marketing, PR, and kind of overall strategic advisement for companies, primarily in the education and tech space, worked with close to 100 different companies on, you know, a variety of projects, everything from comprehensive retainers, you know, basically outsourced um, CMO work to individual projects, right? And over the years of doing that, um, and then going off and starting my own consultancy, it occurred to me, you know, the differentiator and what I found most fulfilling and what I felt like the clients found most fulfilling and, and valuable was those one-on-one -on -one relationships with the founders, the execs, and, you know, helping them solve their problems, right? Dig into a variety of challenges, all the things that were between the lines, <laughs> not that black and white deliverable stuff, but all the other stuff, um, you know, and then as that evolved, that kind of turned more into the coaching work where that was the emphasis versus the extra. Um, and, you know, that also combines largely with the way that Podcast Network came to be. Um, my co-founder and I, uh, my co-founder's name is Jethro Jones, right? We had nearly two decades of combined experience in podcasting, which you know, it's a still a relatively new medium. It's been around a while, but we have been doing it for a while, right? I had produced more than a dozen different series. Um, a lot of them branded content series for different companies, companies that listeners may be familiar with, some of them like Osmo and um, Soundtrap by Spotify, right? And collaborated with those companies. And um, we each had a shared vision for solving the pain points and offering a better value in the niche. So it was another thing where it evolved from the way we each were doing it to a new way of enhancing that value and, and helping more people. Okay, 100%. And do these industries overlap at all for you? Um, or, the, or do you keep them completely separate? Everything in my life overlaps. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. I think it all kind of centers around learning growth and development. Um, that there's kind of just commonalities around, you know, the storytelling, the connection, the people who are interested in one medium tend to have interest in the other um, just because the, it's it's all about that common interest in learning and growth. Our, our podcast network, I guess I didn't 
reference. It's all about education. We have about 30 plus shows right now, and it's everything from K to 12 to corporate learning and development, parenting, personal growth, um, life coaching for teenagers, and um, a, you know, a few shows that are hosted by coaches in various areas. So again, it's it's all about that um, that passion for growth, improvement, development, achieving one's best performance. Okay, amazing. And for the podcast, how long did it take you to establish an audience where you could monetize it and make a, a decent amount of money from them? Yeah, so my, my co-founder has been podcasting and, and has had his flagship show, um, which is called Transformative Principle, for about 10 years, or maybe even more than 10 years. He's done, I think, 700 episodes. Um, so he he certainly put in the time to build a significant audience. And um, he had over the past number of years i don't i don't know for how many years of, of that period but had had um, advertisers and sponsors and and knowing that his audience was a valuable group of school leadership decision makers um you know companies in the education space were eager to get involved then we started to kind of combine our ideas with other creators in the space you know others who had um sometimes audiences that would have some overlap but also similar but extended and kind of look at it as a whole so when we think of our 30 shows that are in the network now um many of which have been producing for a handful of years or more and then several of which are ones that we've launched in the past year year and a half that are newer um but we are able to look at that audience comprehensively and holistically because we know that they're all fitting into similar demographic buckets and and we've done the kind of the research to understand that so you know the short answer is is probably anybody getting involved in podcasting should not expect to be doing too too much to monetize before they've been at it for a few years consistently and really taken the time to understand who that audience is and how they're engaged but with an approach like what we're doing with the network right nobody's starting from scratch where you know there's cross promotion cross marketing supporting one another so we're able to uh, build audience on new content more quickly we're able to share individual content pieces across various feeds and do a number of things that increases the exposure for individual series okay amazing yeah um i agree you need to be established we've actually been approached to do some sponsorships but we don't feel like we're at the right stage yet and we also want them to align with our brand so we don't just want to go willy-nilly and sponsor anything that doesn't right. align with us um, and, and the, that... the great thing about the podcasting is that um you know it, it's it's a highly engaged audience right all the data shows that very high trust factor for listeners of podcast series and that it can be a really valuable niche medium where it's not just about the raw numbers but if you have a show that you know is designed for people in a particular profession or a particular stage of life etc um, one you can you know make some safe assumptions that the listeners fit into that profile because 
Otherwise, why would they be listening, basically, right? If your content is appropriately targeted, but two, after you've been doing it a while and they're engaged, you can send out an email survey or put on social media, do things to learn more about them. And then that has value to that potential sponsor that it's not just we have X amount of listeners, um, but it's we have these listeners and this is what they do. And, you know, th these are the kind of things they're interested in learning about. Right. So it makes it meaningful to that sponsor. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And could you walk me through your overall business strategy? Um, firstly, for, for the podcast network, as well as your coaching business? Sure. I mean, I, I would, um, I mean, this might sound a little uh, broad, but I, it really all comes down to connection and conversation. Right? That's where they both start. Um, you know, it's about understanding who your audience is, who's the, the person, if it's an individual person in the coaching scenario or, you know, a listenership, but who are you serving? And then did you serve them? Um, because the value really is in their, it's in their eyes, right? If, if I have a coaching conversation with you and we go through and we're talking through the different things that you're, you want to work toward or the challenges you're having or your big dreams at the end of it, what, when I ask you, okay, what are you going to take away from this? Or what, what did you get out of it? It's up to you. Right? It's not up to me. I could think I did a great job, but it has to really be about the things you care about and the things you're wanting to serve. And then you're, you know, and, and the same thing with the podcasting content quality is subjective. We think we're doing great content, but if I'm just doing what I want to do, or somebody else is just doing what they want and we're not actually thinking about, okay, well, what makes this useful to the listeners, um, then we don't really have anything. And then, you know, so that leads into the next pieces of that, which is consistently focusing on delivering value, cleaning up the, the areas that aren't working and, and being really, I think, introspective and mindful of that and saying, okay, we've been doing that. We've been doing this particular series for two years and the audience growth has just really plateaued. And, you know, maybe it's that we're not marketing it well enough, but maybe it's just that there's just something about it. that's just not connecting with people. And should we go in a different direction? Um, oh, I've been having all these conversations with people and they feel really good. Right. But then nobody's really interested in digging any further. So what's up with that? <laughs> and it's kind of, and that's the, and that's the real step when we talk about, okay, what does it look like to grow a business for me right now with a lot of what I've been, I mean, there's, I didn't want to rush into focusing on strict scalability in these businesses. I, I had initially been involved in other businesses and then went off and, you know, got involved in, in starting my own things on the entrepreneurial route and wanted to be really mindful of that so much of the value is interpersonal. It's about being able to really sit face to face with people and hear from them and, you know, support them. And, and that it's hard to rush into a strategy where you just kind of duplicate that or copy it, right. And say, okay, if there's something that they feel like they're getting exclusively from me and I stick somebody else in front of them, are they still feeling like they're getting that? Right. And I think that's 
you know, particularly in this digital age where there is a lot of ability, there's wonderful tools there. I mean, there's a lot of ways to um, scale even a one person business right into a much larger enterprise, but it takes time and mindfulness, I think, to determine if that should be the goal for somebody and if that's what they're doing. Um, and I, you know, so I think a lot of people maybe that are getting into entrepreneurship or solopreneurship, they're going to see a lot of stuff online if they're on Twitter slash X or LinkedIn or whatever, where people are saying, well, this is what everybody has to do, right? This is the entrepreneurial playbook and it can be good stuff, but it's, it needs to be particular to you, your business and how you, what you want it to be, right? Cause these can also be lifestyle businesses where, you're looking for something that you're able to balance with the other things you want to do outside of work. Yeah, 100%. I think your strategy definitely needs to align with your personal personal and professional goals, but more importantly, your personal goals, because there's some entrepreneurs who go in with the mindset of, I just want to make as much money as possible. And then you have other entrepreneurs who go in with the mindset of, I want to help as many people as possible. And Although they can overlap, um, I think it's important to understand what your goal is and set your strategy based on that. Right. And it's possible to have them both be goals. Right? And that's one of the things that comes up quite frequently in my coaching work is that if you don't set it as a goal, it's not going to be a goal. And you can, and sometimes there's things that people find hard to verbalize they maybe know it but, and a lot of times that's around money right it's like yeah. saying i want to make this amount of money feels dirty or it, it feels like it should be beside the point but you can you can set each of these goals independently you can say i want to have more time to spend with my kids and i want to take a family vacation once a year and I want to work uh, in, a, in an industry where I feel like I'm really helping people and serving a valuable mission. And I want to make this many dollars, right? You, each of those can be goals. And then you can look at them together. You don't feel like you're compromising one at the expense of the other. Oh, I ended up putting all my time into this thing. Then I didn't do that. Or, um, And then you also can make those decisions around what your thresholds are okay well if i'm at least here and i'm here then i'm really happy and uh, you know which which is the most that you can prioritize it, not everything has to be priority one but it can still be a priority yeah 100 100 um i also wanted to ask you how have you adapted to economical changes technological changes um since you've launched your businesses um, because we've obviously gone through a crazy amount of change in the past five years. Um, mm -hmm. So how, how have you adapted to all this change? Yeah. Well, the, the whole um, podcasting thing and how I really got involved in turning it into this type of business, that was all a result of changes in the industry. So when I was working in, PR and marketing. I mean, even if people don't work in that field, they probably are aware that the media is contracting majorly. Um, newspapers, right, going out of business or they're all consolidating. Um, even magazines, they're going to all online. They're, they're 
getting a lot smaller. So there's a lot fewer people out there to tell your story for you. <laughs> so if you're, you know, so at that time, right at NPR, a lot of our business was around reaching out to media outlets, pitching them stories and things. And there just were fewer and fewer people available to do that. So um, it was hard to get that done. And the threshold for what really was, was worth telling um, was smaller or their time. I mean, and a lot of them now, right? They're not doing story talk. So it was like, okay, what are the different things we can be doing? So for a long time, companies had blogs, they had social media, they had certain things they were doing, but not as many were really taking that a step further and saying, okay, yeah, let, like, let's invest in podcasting here because that is a way that we can consistently engage with the people we want to engage with, really tell a more detailed story of what we're doing. That's what people want to hear anyway. Um, there's an authenticity to it in the education world. There's a high premium placed on authenticity and wanting to hear from other educators, right? And there's going to be, that's going to hold true across other industries where I want to hear from somebody who fits my profile, not just the CEO telling me what they think. Um, and so doing a lot of that, and there's a lot of other benefits to that too, but we won't get into all of those. Um, and same thing in the coaching world that think about the great, uh, resignation, right? And that's called, right? And, and all the things that have gone on in the previous years around a lot more interest in mobility, in non-traditional career paths, in making sure that us as individuals feel like we're in control of what's going to happen in our career, right? Whether that is getting the promotions uh, that we believe we deserve within our organization on a reasonable timeline, whether that is feeling like we can move to a different role or even a completely different industry um, when we want to. And, you know, looking also at changes in the traditional education, in higher education and questions around, okay, for a long time, the answer for people who wanted to make a big career shift would be like, go back to school and get a, get an MBA or get a different degree or, you know, something. And, that could still be the answer for some people, but that's a major investment of time and, and money. <laughs> and, and, you know, and people either may not have those resources available or they may not have the, the patience or the time to want to say, okay, well, in, okay, if I do this in three or four years, I can change my job. Okay, I'm interested in looking at something now. So being able to work, um, you know, in a coaching process where you're continuously focused on what are the opportunities I'm not seeing, right? What are the things even that I'm interested in and that I'm motivated by and driven by that I might not even realize? And how do I pull those out? And how do I get a new perspective on what's really out there and available to me? And it is amazing how quickly some things come up for people. Um, I experienced it myself, really going through coaching and then working with my own coach was saying like there were things that had been challenging to really wrap my head around for my whole career I just don't quite know how to do that right and then you start to reveal these insights and understand okay there's a lot of things you can exert a lot of control over but you just have to kind of see where those opportunities are because they're not always obvious yeah 100 percent. I think one of the best feelings ever is having this clouded um, thought, uh, trying to visualize it. It's like a tangled up ball of ideas. And then all of a sudden, it's just like linear and you can see clearly. I think that's the biggest, one of the best feelings ever is just 
finally understanding something that you struggled to previously. Absolutely. Um, so we, we're running out of time a bit here, but I wanted to ask before we go, what have been the biggest challenges that you've faced um, in terms of running your business over the past couple of years and how have you tackled them? Sure. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the, the podcasting probably won't be that much of a surprise to anybody. We've touched on it a little bit already and it, it's, it's the growth piece, right? It's the effort required to consistently um, produce quality content and to continue growing that audience. And that's why for individuals who get into podcasting, the stats show, um, I believe it still holds up 10, only 10, per, no, sorry, 50% of people who start a podcast make it past three episodes and 10% make it past 20 episodes, right? Because you start doing it and this doesn't only apply to just individual people. This applies to, I mean, I've seen it apply to organizations as well, where they think, okay, that's a great thing. We'll do that. And it'll just automatically, like, we'll put the content out there and we'll build it and they will come. And it's like, no, not really, right? Because you need to know what are you trying to achieve? What's your plan? Who are you engaging? What are the additional ways that you can use that content for networking, for sales enablement, you know, for all these other things? And how do we how do we have a strategy there? And then there's not you know, native marketing options. You can't just say, OK, our podcast is on Apple Podcasts, so let's promote it through Apple Podcasts. No, we have to promote it on other social media channels and through our email list and through all these other things, right? So it's a challenge. Um and so keeping that where where there's consistent progress and growth and when you're dealing with that number of different series, um, are each of them, how are each of them doing? How are they feeling, right? Because it, the expectations and goals for each of them may be different, but what you don't want is to see where some of them just kind of fall off and then it's anyway so that's so that's really the piece of that the other piece of podcasting is that and this is why there's so much potential in it still is that even though it's such a major medium right there's hundreds of millions of people um globally that listen to podcasts every week for people who there still are a lot of people who are not engaged with that medium at all or this medium i guess we're talking about podcasting you know where where they it's something they kind of know exists right but they don't it's not really tangible to them it's not real to them they've never they've maybe never listened to a single podcast right um still and eventually that's going to change because radio is podcasting now and 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 online media is so eventually everybody will be but that's why there still remains so much potential even though sometimes there is a challenge because you're talking to say a potential sponsor and you realize you know what they just don't they just don't really know what podcasting is and should we, you know, is, is this the right conversation to be having coaching, similar thing. People know what it is, but a lot of people don't feel like it's accessible to them. They think it's only yeah. for the C levels. It's only for the top. Um, and so there's, there is a process there of connecting with people who are the ideal folks who would benefit so much from it because they're high talent, high performers, right? Highly motivated. They really want to, figure out things for their career. Um, but they think of it as something that's out of reach either because it's too expensive or it's only for certain people. And um, so the same thing where it's introducing something that is really valuable, impactful, and available to an audience of people who 
didn't previously think of it that way. Amazing. Thank you for that. And be before we sign off, for us, what advice would you like to give to other business owners looking to succeed in your industries? Yeah, I mean, my advice is, uh, it, it's really two, well, there's two, I'm going to say there's two pieces. One is find great partners, you know, work with people who know things you don't know, who help you with things that maybe who the people who want to do the things that you don't want to do and vice versa. Right. Um, Cause we each have those things where it's like, I like to get hands on on this. I don't like to, you know, find great collaborators and you'll go a lot further than you do by yourself. Um, the other one is to, to really look at your business and your life holistically look at it all in the context of what do I want to do here? What am I trying to achieve? What are my goals? And that's going to tell me how I should set my goals and, and my plan for my business. Right. Do I want to create more time? Maybe that means outsourcing certain things or automating certain things. Do I want to, um, make more money like what does that look like but the, there's a lot of different ways to go about it right but if we just are saying business has to be run a certain way because this is what the best practices say and then i feel like it's taking me away from other things that are equally important uh, ultimately i'm not going to be happy with my business right? and then that's what we want is um, if we're owning a business and it's our thing create the business and the life that you want Amazing. Thank you so much for that, Ross. I've, I've really appreciated your time today. And thank you for being on the show. Um, what is the best way for people to get in touch with Ross Romano if you have any offers for them or if they're looking to follow your entrepreneurial journey? Sure. Yeah. And thanks so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Um, people can definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. It's just Ross Romano is my name. It's at the end of the URL there. Um, or on, on Twitter X is Ross B Romano or via email. Um, the best email is Ross at septemberstrat.com. Um, that's my consulting business there. And, but uh, yeah, you can find me online and connect. I'm always happy to. Amazing. Thanks so much, Ross. All right. Thank you.